G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. It is the Wednesday edition of 2020. Great to have you along with us today. And a particularly interesting topic. If you love history and if you love the issues that surround Anzac Day, you'll be tremendously interested in our conversation this hour. Our special guest is Richard Ansoll. He's a historian and he's heading up what's known as the Cooey Campaign. Now, if you think ahead to what might happen next year, 2015, which is the centenary of commemorations for Anzac Day that'll happen in Gallipoli, uh, there is what is uh, called the second landing. Many thousands of Australians and New Zealanders will be visiting Turkey in 2015 to commemorate the centenary of this historic event in their history. And there's an opportunity here for Aussies to link together in a certain way to be able to bring the message of the gospel to Turkish people in a very friendly way. Well, let's uh, welcome our guest, Richard Ansoll, is in South Australia. Hello, Richard. Welcome to 2020. Oh, thank you, Neil. And it's very nice to be with you and uh, in the lounge rooms or cars of all your listeners. Well, Richard, you are in the town of Tanunda in South Australia in the Barossa Valley. Uh, you're surrounded by the winemaking region. My word, yes, thanks to our Lutheran uh, pioneers who brought the grapevines in the 1840s. And there's something of an inspiration too in the background of what's happened there in South Australia from the Barossa Valley, something of a, a cross-cultural mission hothouse. Is that way you, the way you'd describe it? Exactly. Uh, our beloved state's founder was a Baptist, uh, George Fife Angus, and he uh, courted the uh, Lutheran communities who were looking for religious freedom to come and settle uh, in South Australia, and they brought with them their vision for cross-cultural communication of the gospel. George Fife Angus himself uh, hoped that South Australia would become the centre for the diffusion of Christianity in the Southern Hemisphere, Uh, and the Lutheran pioneers who came were the first ones to designate uh, Christian workers to reach out to the Aboriginal populace of South Australia when other, other colonies were treating Aborigines as subhuman. Uh, let's expand on that for a moment because uh, your neck of the woods there in South Australia, you were a real sanctuary for uh, Aborigines in early Australian history because uh, they, uh, let's face it, uh, faced a a pretty uh, uh, dreadful barrage uh, from white Australians in those days. Yes, that's right. Uh, In fact, George Fife Angus's son, one of his sons, was a gifted artist And he travelled through South Australia in the very early days of the colony, recording in beautiful uh, drawings uh, the life that was here, including uh, many scenes from Aboriginal life which show the, the dignity of the Aboriginal inhabitants. 
Now, we're not going to talk so much about Australian history today in so much as uh, Aboriginals and uh, the mistreatment potentially there of Aboriginals throughout Australian history, but we are going to talk about an historical event that is close to the heart of all Australians, uh, Indigenous Australians too, and of course New Zealanders. And uh, this is to do with the Kui campaign, which you are heading up. Uh, What is the Kui campaign in a nutshell? Anyone who's done any reading on this will recall a recruitment poster that shows an Aussie digger with his hands cupped around his mouth calling out, Cooey, won't you come? And he's standing astride the the land forms around the Dardanelles and it's entitled A Call from the Dardanelles. So he's calling out, Cooey, won't you come? So that was that. that. Uh, But the actual Cooey campaign... uh, was a march from the town of Gilgandra to Sydney by earnest men who stopped on, at towns on the way recruiting for the Australian Army. And they were greeted with rapture in Martin Place when they, once they got there. And, of course, this was all happening uh, before Gallipoli. Is that, uh, is that how far uh, back we're going? Yes, it was a, the lead-up to uh, Gallipoli. Uh, of course, the g- campaign in Gallipoli didn't actually last very long, the, uh, the troops were all withdrawn in December, um, but it's passed into our folklore and is uh, referred to as the birthplace of the Australian nation where our men uh, first died under our flag. Now, there's a lot of dimensions to what we want to talk about today, especially with your uh, historical background, Richard. Uh, Let's bring these uh, into context. We'll talk about some of this uh, through the hour, the Kui campaign, uh, what's happening with the centenary commemorations in Gallipoli next year uh, for 2015. Uh, But there are some things that are happening in that particular region of the world which you're quite up to date on and uh, you have travelled extensively uh, not only throughout Turkey and we'll talk about that in relation to the Anzacs and next year's commemorations uh, but also that's not that far away from what's happening in the news right now as we hear about Crimea and as we hear about the southern and eastern regions of Ukraine which are potentially under threat right now from the Russian army. Uh, What's your take on what's happening in Crimea at the moment because you've travelled extensively there too and uh, you've got real connections to the region. That's right. Uh, My wife and I have been travelling to Crimea each year for the last nine years, uh, particularly on uh, an outreach to the oppressed, um, nominally Muslim minority called the Crimean Tatars. Now, they haven't had much press in the last week or so. It's been Russians and Ukrainians and, and the new Cold War and all of that, but mixed in with the Russians and Ukrainians in that small territory are about 300,000 Crimean Tatar people who are related to the Turks. So they're a Turkic, it's a Turkic language, and historically Crimea was part of the Ottoman Empire. So their hearts are looking south, while everyone else is looking east and west. And so our, our special and close friends are amongst these Crimean Tatars God has opened the door for us to go to them and given us uh, the cultural bridge to take the story of Jesus to them and even given us the key to the front door. Have you had any recent contact with your people there in Crimea that have uh, passed on any feelings about what's been happening with the uh, the Russian situation? Uh, unfortunately, the Crimea itself is 
virtually incommunicado. We have had uh, contact from our Ukrainian co-workers who uh, travel with us each year as interpreters and uh, drivers and helpers and so on, uh, and they have the same feelings of apprehension. Uh, really, I think Crimea was, is going to be uh, virtually uh, closed just for the foreseeable future to any kind of um, gospel work or kingdom work that we might envisage. But I, d- I doubt if the door will remain closed forever. I can't really believe that. And uh, in further north in Ukraine, uh, any, any news out of Ukraine that you might have picked up on? Well, everybody's holding their breath. Uh, my own feeling is that Ukrainian, Ukrainian people are playing it very cool and smart, the only way they can do it. They're not providing even a pretext for an invasion. Uh, and it's the bully boy tactics of the Russians to have an enormous army massed on the eastern frontier. That's, I think that's just a threat. What they really want is Crimea. They've had their eyes on it. Uh, Several years ago, they invaded parts of Georgia and just took territory from that country. And at the time, people were saying, oh, we're ready. Why don't you just go on and take Crimea again? So they've eyed this off as a strategic piece of real estate for a long time. Okay, let's move on to what we want to really talk about today. Your Kui campaign, Australians going to... Uh, this uh, area in Turkey, which is uh, just so much a part of our own history, Gallipoli, for the centenary commemorations next year, uh, New Zealanders as well, you're inviting people to be a part of an outreach. Now, it's a, a friendship-building outreach to the Turkish people uh, when they actually go for those commemorations next year. That's right. My, I've had contact with various tour groups that have gone, and often there are Christian people who do a, a Footsteps of St Paul tour, a Seven Churches of Asia tour, and they invariably go to Istanbul, and most of them go to Gallipoli, and they fall in love with Turkey. It's a beautiful country, a wonderful country, and the people are very uh, outgoing and welcoming. But they don't know about Jesus. And so that, as a, uh, a personal person with an apostolic view, uh, my heart goes out to them, because it's not their fault they don't know. The onus is on us, as their apostle, their Turkish apostle said, how can they hear unless somebody tells them? How can they tell them unless they are sent? And so my, I've travelled through Turkey, and the Protestant community numbers about 3,000 believers. They are hopelessly outnumbered and are very intimidated. And I see that in the wave of Aussies and Kiwis preparing to go there, there will be more Christians in those groups than exist in the whole of Turkey. Now, I want to pick up on what you just made reference to. That is the Turkish apostle. Now, the Turkish apostle you're talking about is uh, the man who was known as Saul of Tarsus or the apostle Paul, who was uh, the one who has uh, primarily been behind what we have uh, perhaps most of the New Testament. That's right. And... uh it's a kind of Sunday school legend that he is Saul of Tarsus. Nobody knows where Tarsus is. They don't realize that it is a city in Turkey, in southern Turkey, and it's still there. You can go there and look around and think, oh, he was here. He was born here. He lived here. His family was here. He is Turkish. Of course, that's uh, an anachronism because there was no country of Turkey, but in my thinking about 
mission strategy, I'm thinking, what would he do? There's something strategic about the fact that this apostle was born in Turkey. What would he do? To the Jews, I became a Jew and used his name Saul of Tarsus whenever he was with them. Saul, his Jewish name. To the Gentiles, a Gentile. He used his Greek name, Paulos, or as we call him, Paul. If he were here today, I think, what would he do? He would highlight the connecting points with the local culture. To the Turks, I became a Turk. And so I have given him his equivalent Turkish name, hoping that this will be the bridge to circumvent the uh, hostility to the gospel that the Turks traditionally display. So I call him now Sali, S-A-L-I-H, Tasuslu. That's the correct uh, Turkish form. Okay, so Sali Tasuslu is the the Turkish form. And uh, I just want to say for listeners that in just a few minutes' time on the Vision Facebook page, uh, we're going to actually put up some photos. Uh, Now, their photos, as in uh, their pictures or depictions, uh, paintings, uh, one of those paintings is on the front of a book that you have uh, written, uh, Richard, called I Am Turkish by Sali Tasuslu. That's right. And, uh, and it dates back to the 4th century. It's the picture of a, uh, of a catacomb picture. Uh, describe that for us. Yes, it's, uh, it was discovered relatively recently in the catacombs of Rome and is the earliest known portrait of the Apostle Paul. It shows a man with a furrowed brow and a goatee beard, um, it's a bit faded and brownish around the edges, uh, but it shows uh, how early it was that he was revered as a pioneer, someone to emulate, someone to follow. And the other picture that we'll have on our Facebook page for Vision Radio is a composite image that's been put together by an investigation bureau. Can you describe that particular image for us? Yes, indeed. Uh, It looks like a sort of police-wanted poster, uh, and it was created by the State Bureau of Investigations, Landeskriminalamt of North Rhine-Westphalia in Germany, uh, and was proposed by a Dusseldorf historian called Michael Hesemann. And it, I don't know really what they based this on, but it's, um, it's the face of a man with a goatee and uh, a determined look in his eye. Yes. In fact, uh, some of the early church fathers made descriptions of the Apostle Paul and uh, I remember one uh, from many, many years ago, and the image that I've always had of the Apostle Paul in my mind is of a balding man, relatively short in stature, with bow legs. Have you that's have right. you heard that? Yeah, that's that from description? the Acts of Thecla, uh, an apocryphal gospel, uh, and I think it also added that his eyebrows connected across the top of his face. Yes, yeah, so not he wasn't an attractive man. <laughs> you didn't have to be attractive in those days. If he no. was around today, he might have had to be attractive to be on TV or something like that. That's right. Uh, we're talking about Turkey. We're talking about the Kui campaign. Uh, you may want to make a comment. Uh, you might have something to contribute to our conversation today. We're going to be talking about Saul of Tarsus, uh, Saul in Turkey, at the Gallipoli commemoration that's planned for next year and thousands of Aussies potentially uh, going with some 
uh, detail in their hands to make friends with the Turkish people. Our number to call if you'd like to make a comment is 1-800-880-876. That's 1-800-880-876. You can also contribute to our conversation at facebook.com forward slash vision radio or you can tweet us at vision radio. Our special guest is Richard Ansoll, historian and uh, based there in the Barossa Valley in South Australia. We're talking about the Kui campaign. We'll come back and talk some more in just a short while. Great to have you along with us today on 2020. It's Neil Johnson with you. Our special guest is Richard Ansoll and we're talking about the Kui campaign. Richard is based in one of those most beautiful places in Australia, the Barossa Valley in Tanunda. And uh, Tanunda, of course, uh, Richard, made famous by the wine that has the label Tanunda on it. Yes, that's right. We, <laughs> we are top of the world for Shiraz, particularly. Okay, we're talking about the nation of Turkey, and we have already talked about Saul of Tarsus, uh, the great apostle uh, Paul, and of course uh, his birth in Turkey in the town of Tarsus. Uh, as Turkey is also renowned as the uh, place where the first missionaries were sent out. Of course, one of those was the apostle Paul from the uh, from the city of Antioch. Uh, that's also a part of Turkey. Yes, it is. The modern name of it is Antakya, A-N-T-A-K-Y-A, and it's just over the border from Syria. Okay, and so when we think of Antioch these days, uh, the connections there, how far would that be from Gallipoli, say, you know, if we were trying to get some sort of perspective? Right here on my wall, I'd have to span it off, but uh, it's probably about a thousand kilometres. Okay. From Gallipoli, about an hour and 40 minutes by Turkish Airlines from Istanbul. Do you find when you're talking to ordinary Aussies or New Zealanders, and we're very familiar with uh, Anzac Day and the commemorations that happen every year, do you find that uh, people are, are fairly disconnected from the biblical foundations of the Turkish land? Oh, I, I do, Neil. Uh, I, I spoke in one church in Sydney about Turkey and the sort of crying need of the people spiritually, and afterwards a young woman came up to me and said, my parents have been to Turkey, and it's nothing like what you describe. Now, I've never met her or her parents, but I immediately said, that's because they were tourists. They went there and spent their money, and they never spoke to anyone about Jesus. And she just turned and walked away, because that's uh, the indictment on Christian people going to Turkey, that they suddenly switch off their their own faith and just become tourists and that's a terribly wasted opportunity okay so uh, probably the primary reason for people going is because they're going as a tourist what you're saying is if you're going to be a tourist go with some uh, extra uh, extra idea of what you might like to do in reaching out and befriending a turkish person exactly you can you can travel my wife and i've traveled around the world many times into different places and there are tourists there are travellers and there are pilgrims and apostles. And it's a, it's a waste if you spend all your money and just be a tourist when you could be a pilgrim and an apostle. OK, let's, uh, let's talk some more about uh, being a tourist in Turkey. Uh, Turkey itself is a Muslim nation primarily, although it's more secular than most other of those Islamically controlled nations. That's right. And if uh, people have done homework on Islam and what it's like in Saudi Arabia, then they won't have the right idea at all. Because, uh, as you said, it's a secular state 
And the great majority of people, though they call themselves Muslim, are really governed by superstitions. Superstitions about the evil eye, about being cursed, about blessing. Uh, you know, the old ones about us stepping on a crack or walking under a ladder. It's almost at that level. So it, it, we need to switch off our homework on formal Islam and switch on our button for nominal Islam and for actual real people who... who if you've read one book about the, the Quran, you know more about most of the people you're going to meet because they haven't. They're not Quran educated, the great majority of them. Okay, and is that, uh, is that typical of Turkey and not so much some other nations that are Islamically controlled? Exactly, and that goes back to, in fact, to Gallipoli because the hero of the Gallipoli campaign is a man called Mustafa Kemal. And because of his uh, courage in repelling the Allied invasion and motivating his dispirited troops to defend their land, because of that, he became later the political leader uh, and was given the title Ataturk, which means father of the Turks. And he led them into secularism. He got rid of the caliphs from Istanbul and uh, he got rid of the Arabic script. He modernised the nation of Turkey. So it's down to him. And his, his fame began at the Gallipoli campaign. It's down to him that Turkey is now as it is, nominally Muslim, but not fanatically Muslim. And, of course, this is where the friendship base for Australians and New Zealanders comes in because of Ataturk, who really took great pride in honouring the fallen on the shores of Gallipoli. Exactly. Those who go to Gallipoli will see a large plaque in a prominent place with a speech of his that uh, is very moving because you th people who go there have an idea of soldiers and, and conflict, but there are the words of the man who won that battle who said, who said roughly speaking, uh, your sons are now in our soil. They are now our sons. and We, we received them. So he, he had a wonderful, generous, magnanimous spirit. Now, there is no website uh, for people to go to to be a part of this Kui campaign, and uh, people would understand why that would be the case. But there are going to be some a little bit uh, perhaps uh, more mechanical ways that people can become involved. And I guess for listeners who are going off to the commemoration uh, next year uh, for 2015 in Turkey, they might like to take note of how they can get a hold of uh, some of the information that you're passing on about the Turkish people. Okay, now, does seem a bit uh, old-fashioned, but uh, that's partly because of security for my wife and I to other countries that we go to. Uh, so we can't. We have to stay under the internet radar for our general security. Not in Turkey or now, up until now Crimea, but other countries. Okay. So is it so best to, with you? Is it best to just go with a telephone number at this point? Yes. If I'm happy for people to telephone me from anywhere in Australia, and I can send them a sample of the friendship leaflet that I've designed, which is in English and Turkish, that's the basic tool. My number is 0885632158. Okay, we're going to continue our conversation and talk some more, but uh, there are listeners who might like to write that number down. It's 0885632158, 0885. 85632158. Our special guest is Richard Ansoll. We're talking about the Kui campaign. We're talking about Turkey and about the commemorations for uh, Gallipoli and uh, Anzac celebrations and commemorations for next year. We'll come back and talk some more very shortly. Stay with us, Richard Ansoll.
Australia's Vision Radio Network, connecting faith to life. You're on 2020. It's Neil with you. Our special guest is Richard Ansoll. And we're talking about the Cooey campaign, the idea that thousands of Aussies will turn up in Turkey next year for the commemorations for Anzac Day. And uh, many of those will be Christian people. And uh, we're talking about, rather than just letting it be a tourism adventure, uh, going off to the commemoration, uh, you can become friends with a Turkish person and potentially share your faith with them. Uh, Richard Ansel, you've got some uh, some uh, tracts or pamphlets and you've written some books that will help people understand uh, all about uh, the history that goes back into Turkey from Bible times, the Apostle Paul, uh, what sort of uh, what sort of materials would people go uh, uh, within in their hands to Turkey next year? Okay, well, Neil, the the basic leaflet I've designed is a friendship leaflet, 
which I call the Second Landing Leaflet. And uh, it's in English and Turkish. Uh, the front, it's in an A4 piece of paper folded twice like a greeting card. So on the cover is the well-known photograph of the Anzac landing called the First Landing and just gives the facts of the landing. And then you open it up and there's a piece on Ataturk and a photo of him and his officers and then a reference to the Second Landing to explain why thousands of Aussies and Kiwis are flooding into Turkey at this time because the Turks are very bemused about it. Uh, and then you open it up and the inside has... Uh, a, a Bible passage from 1 Thessalonians 4, the second landing. All the holy books teach about the glorious return to earth of the Messiah at the end of time. He has already been here once. Here are the words of the Turkish apostle Salih Tasuslu. Then that glorious passage about uh, the trumpet of the Lord sounding, and it's there also in Turkish. Now, the reason we select this is because this is specifically in the Quran. It's in the Old Testament and the New Testament. So, uh, and, and at the bottom of the page are the contact details for the Turkish Bible Society. So if someone were to go with uh, 20 of these leaflets or 100 of them and just gave them out to waiters and cleaners and stallholders as they went along their way, the people would read it. it it's not confronting. It's not uh, promoting an argument. It's actually using the bridges that are already there that connect us with Muslim people. But it also gives them a passage of the scripture from their own apostle that is very thrilling and uplifting. And they can follow it up by contacting the Bible Society and getting a full Bible. So that's the basic leaflet. And, and I'm preying this. People can get samples of it by phoning me. I'll send them samples for their, for their whole congregation if they like. Now, let me just uh, remind our listeners uh, what that First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 14 says. And I'll take this moment to just read that, uh, that passage. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we, all, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forevermore. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. It's, it's been one of my longtime favorite Bible passages. And just to, uh, to double back a little bit on something you said there, Richard, it's actually not only in our, our own New Testament in the Bible, but it's also in the holy books of Muslims. That's right. Yes, this is not... Uh readily known that uh, Jesus is referred to in the Quran about 70 odd times always with the utmost reverence and respect uh, his Arabic name is Isa I-S-A and so when we uh, connect with people who are used to that nomenclature we'll refer to him as Isa because that's the name you know, in, in, in French it's Jesus in Greek it's Jesus etc so to people with the Arabic background he's Isa and you say that when you go just as part of a tour group, you don't actually get to meet uh, real Turkish people in their setting, in their normal everyday life. But, but what you're saying is that there isn't any resentment uh, from Turkish people towards Australians and New Zealanders. In fact, they love us. They do. So, they do love us. And I find it uh, it's quizzical and very beautiful, actually. A few times I've apologised to the Turks that my grandfather's went and killed their grandfathers and uh, I feel ashamed of that or embarrassed about it at the very least 
and uh, they just shrug it off. I mean, it all happened a long time ago. And, of course, why they are so uh, dismissive about it is because they won. Yes. A lot of the people who, have, uh, who imbibed the Anzac uh, tradition and story don't realise that we actually lost that, uh, that campaign. Uh, well, is one of those things, isn't it, that has marked us uh, by way of character as a nation. And it's not that we won a battle, but uh, that so many of our soldiers, our diggers, were lost on that day uh, and in that campaign in Gallipoli. And, uh, and that's what marks us in that, uh, that character that we remember for the Anzac legend. Well, it's interesting that our only hero to emerge from that was a, a, a donkey handler. Uh, and it's a wonderful picture because it's, it's the Good Samaritan. This is Simpson and his donkey helping the wounded, and he himself, of course, died. And those who go to Gallipoli will see his grave and a photograph of him and the donkey. Uh, he's a real person. Uh, and that's a wonderful thing for us, to know that there were people who had the spirit of Jesus uh, under withering gunfire, and forgetting who was the enemy or who was right or wrong, uh, they still were looking out for other people and for their mates. Now, let's talk about some of the other resources. If you're on the ground in Turkey, you're there for the commemoration of Anzac Day next year and you're wanting to make contact with Turkish people, you can go, as you say, to the Bible Society shop, which uh, you can find uh, readily there. Uh, which city is that it's shop in? It's in Istanbul. It's in Istanbul. And, uh, yes, if you find the... It is a bit hard to find, but it's on the main street, the, the street where all those demonstrations took place recently with uh, water cannon and riot police and so on. If you find your way there and just walk down that street, it's at the bottom of the street, about one and a half kilometres down on the left. And so you can buy Turkish New Testaments and New, Testa New Testaments, uh, Bibles. It's a very attractive uh, volume with a, you know, the stylized fish on the front. It's called Injil, I-N-C-I-L. That's the name of our New Testament in the Muslim world. It means angel, and that's because uh, the angel is on page one announcing the birth of Jesus. And, of course, uh, well known too, the Campus Crusade for Christ people have their outreach editions of Jesus, the movie, the that's film. Right. The Jesus movie, which might be old hat to us, but for a person who's never heard the story, it's all new. And the outreach edition has that old film in 32 languages, including Turkish. And if you buy them in bulk, you know, they come down in unit price uh, and they're a very good tool indeed. And, of course, your own history about the Apostle Paul, as uh, is entitled in your book, I Am Turkish, by Salih Tasuslu, which is the Turkish name for the Apostle Paul. Uh, you've got in your book uh, all sorts of history as well as uh, photos of your own expeditions through Turkey. And uh, people get a great idea as to how Paul's life unfolded. Well, I, the idea of it uh, is that because it's in the present tense and first person, uh, it's Paul talking, or Sali Tasuslu talking as a Turk and telling his story. I've interwoven all that we have of his writings, his letters, and uh, references to him in Acts uh, with my own imaginative reconstruction to glue it all together in one, in one volume. But I... Uh, it's, it's not in Turkish yet. It should be launched in Antakya in May. Uh, but the, the translation is in progress at the moment. But I think for Australians going there, it's a wonderful preparation 
because you're exposed to all of this Turkish apostles' heartbeat um, and and strategic application to communicating the message. So it's a great preparation. But the Turkish edition, which will be given free to all Turkish believers and uh, hopefully will find its mark, uh, I believe there is a there is a new Salih Tasuslu out there. At the moment, he's studying to be an imam, and he uh, is filling him himself with hatred against our people at the moment. But when he reads this story, I am Turkish, by Salih Tasuslu, in his own language, he's going to change sides. So that's my strategy. And whether we have to uh, circulate a thousand or a, a million, I don't know, before he gets his copy. Uh, Richard Ansel, stay with us. We'll tie some loose ends together in just a few moments. Uh, but uh, I want to ask you about your six degrees of separation uh, and how you're going to find people who are actually going off to Turkey to be part of those commemorations next year. And uh, we'll also give your telephone number refresh as to how people can get in touch with you and get a hold of some of the detail uh, that you've got on offer. Well, it's great to have you along with us on 2020, just tying some loose ends together. It's been a fascinating conversation, our guest. Richard Ansoll, who's heading up the Kui campaign. Uh, Richard, uh, you we know that not everybody going to Gallipoli next year will be listening to our conversation now. Not every Christian uh, would be listening into our conversation now. But you have a thing, what you call a six degrees of separation method of getting word to people so that they can participate in the Kui campaign. Uh, yes, Neil, I've been exercised about how to find the people who are planning to go to Turkey. There's no one common denominator, no one place we could advertise to find them. And so I thought of that six degrees of separation experiment uh, that's well known, how every person on earth uh, is only separated by six steps. And in the United States of America, that's only three degrees of separation. In Australia, that would have to be comparable. There's only three steps between us and every other person. In South Australia, it's only two. And here in the Barossa, it's only one. But... Uh, what I hope to do is to use that uh, truth for people to look at this uh, sample friendship leaflet and think, I'm not going, but I think Uncle Charlie's next door neighbour is going. And they give it to Uncle Charlie, who passes it over the fence to his neighbour, who looks at it and thinks, this is great, I should get this. So that's the, that's the technique we're using, like ripples in a pond. So this is why I'm happy to give samples of this to a whole congregation. The whole congregation can fold it up and think, hmm, who will I give this to? Even someone, if they're not going themselves. Everyone knows someone who might be going, and they'll be able to pass on this phone number that uh, I'll give now. So if you've got a pen handy, if you know someone who's going to Gallipoli for the commemorations, here's the number. It's 0885632158. And uh, we'll try and have that up on uh, on Vision uh, so that you can uh, get a hold of that number and make that call. But it is fascinating. It's called the Cooey Campaign. Richard Ansoll has been our guest through the hour. And, Richard, it's been a pleasure talking. Thank you so much for being with us today on 2020. And thank you for the lovely conversation, Neil. Look, I look forward to meeting you one day. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.